Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to the Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Jim Short. Um, we're, this is not an actual episode. We're doing a very special brief episode. Um, obviously, uh, everybody knows what's been going on this week. Uh, we're dealing with the very tragic um, death and uh, and the circumstances surrounding it is really, it's, it's all very terrible. But we wanted to just briefly talk about Robin Williams and what a great man he was in, in, in the way that we knew him also, not just, I think, I think well, the, the, the problem with the world is, is that they're, they're really, I think, I don't know, they, they're really reacting to this as like um, a very, very, very big group, group kind of grief experience. Um, I'm not sure what to compare it to. I don't know exactly how uh, to process it myself, but um, it's a terrible thing. I think everybody's trying to figure out how to. Uh, that's why there's a lot of stuff about him out online, and you know, obviously, we're putting something else up there too. But um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've never felt this way about a celebrity. You know, we we know him too, so it's a very um, it's a difficult thing. Yeah, it's it's especially having a San Francisco connection, mm-hmm. which is really strong, a comedy connection. Mm-hmm. And I think both you and I are of that age too, where we grew up. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, he was on the um, on the Happy Days episode and then Mork and Mindy, 11. Right. It was such a big part of my, you know, sort of those years. And right. He was such a big star. But he was, uh, having known him just, a, I mean, I wasn't his friend, but you know, on the San Francisco scene, he would be around. And if somebody of that magnitude to take as much time and just talk to people mm-hmm. as he did was pretty unbelievable. And. You really, you really just got a sense that he was just a decent, a decent guy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he was just a, he was just a, a, a figure that we would, we would encounter often. I, I first met him. He came into my father's bookstore all the time. Yeah, and so uh, th- there was um, the, this kind of excitement around him. I got my first autograph, my first celebrity autograph from him. Um, I have to find it. It's a, it's he copied an, uh, a, a book of. A, World according to Garp, but he's on, right. he's on the cover. He just done the movie, and it, and so it's 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 from a really long time ago. And um, but he was always around, you know. When I I lived across the street from the Holy City Zoo, and that's when I got to know him better. And um, you know, he was like, it, it was he was also the last resort. He was a person that you could ask if you needed money. Like the zoo was going to close, and and everybody's like, well, Robin will keep it open. Robin will take care of it, you know. And everybody would always go, well, you could ask Robin. And so, you know, people would always be kind of going to him for money yeah. or like people were being taken care of. Like, you know, if you couldn't pay something, Robin would cover it and, and stuff like that. You would always hear about that kind of stuff. And that that always was to me very much um, the way comedy was, uh, at least that era of comedy is that, you know, we didn't have job security or you didn't know who was going to be successful. But, the, you know, there was this idea that somebody's going to take care of you. It was sort of like a clan. Um, mentality, yeah. which is really cool. I don't know if it's like that now, but it definitely was that then in the well, late that, that 80s, was, that early was a, 90s. Especially the San Francisco scene was like that. It was mm-hmm. it, it was very family, maybe fragmented in some ways, but yeah. there was that family element, and he was he was definitely that you know that 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 patriarch of it all. I mean, he yeah. really was. It was he the one that made San Francisco comedy as visible i mean I, I know that scene was sort of going on it but was re- it was a was real thing but i think he was the, he was the one who sort of brought attention to it and and then you know um he brought a lot, a lot of validity to it and legitimacy to it but he loved comedy also so it's like yeah 
real, you know, and, and, you know, I would go to the zoo all the time. This is like my family and they, you know, the people that are really grieving, I know we're very close to him. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's a really hard thing too. You know, the people that we know from San Francisco, they're, they're just, everybody's really broken up about it and it's hard, you know, it's, 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 it's a very, it's a sad thing. Like it's a sad thing globally for everyone, but it's especially sad and, shocking kind of for us you know, that's it it's not really just like i mean we've all been sad when a celebrity you liked died mm-hmm. but it's somebody that we kind of knew and even though we didn't know him as intimately as, as maybe some other people or maybe you did but it's it's so it's so hard mm-hmm. because i did talk to him so many times and yeah it, you almost not took it for granted but there was a certain period because he sort of went away and sort of came back to yeah. san francisco when i moved there Within a year or two, Robin sort of showed up and he was on the scene hitting open mics. Yeah. He'd be at the tiniest open mic. Yeah. He'd, he'd come into Cobbs on a Monday night and mm-hmm. at the, one of the comedy clubs there. And, you know, he'd, he'd just sit in the back and wait to go on uh, at the end of the show. And I hosted a few of them. And there was nothing more amazing than, than being at the end of the night and going, folks, that, that's our show unless you can handle one more. And they go on his Robin Williams and people in disbelief and yeah. he'd come up and and you would see him go back after the show and and you could just felt like because so many people do stand up, get into movies and never do stand up mm-hmm. again. And this guy loved it almost validated stand up mm-hmm. that this guy still loved doing it. And that's what really, really, I think that gave him real joy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we now know, I mean, I, I don't know how much joy he had. Yeah. But that that connection and making people laugh. And there was nothing better than making him laugh. Mm-hmm. I read I read a few people, you know, because if you look on Facebook, especially being in San Francisco sort of circles, everyone's got a picture with him yeah. at Comedy Day or at Cobbs or yeah. somewhere. Oh, yeah. And a story about how nice, how he took the time yeah. to just chat with, with the so lowest nice. of open micers and just talk to them mm-hmm. and treat them like an equal. And you know what? If you made him laugh, uh-huh. he loved it. He didn't look at you like... Oh, you're, you're trying to make me look, you know who I am? I'm yeah. the guy. Uh, he, he didn't. He really invited you to come and make him laugh. Yeah, which is great, you know, and, and, and he had a real dreamlike presence. I always felt that uh-huh. he was slightly embarrassed by his own fame and and he, the way that people would react to him, you know, and that um, he was always trying to normalize himself, like everything that he was very friendly because he wanted to uh, ease that that weird divide between like celebrities and people, you know, that, that, that weirdness that people have, but it was a delight to see people react to him because they would just get like kind of overwhelmed by who he was. And he's from an era of fame that, that goes beyond like the internet. I mean, this is like way before all that stuff. So, um, there's in a, a real visceral connection that he has with people. It's, it's really a trip. Like one of the most recognizable, famous people in the world. Yeah. And um, I, I just remember um, one of my favorite stories was uh, Dan Dion, great photographer up in San Francisco, who did the Satiristas book with, with Paul Provenza. Dan started up the Purple Onion. He, mm-hmm. he, he knew the owner there, and when they refurbished that place, it was a legendary venue in North Beach, and Dan kind of kicked it off and, and asked me to host the shows. And I happened to run into Robin right in the beginning, and I told him, I said, we're going to do shows at the Purple Onion. And his eyes lit up mm-hmm. because he respected the history of, of yeah. comedy. And I think Jonathan uh, Winters had performed there maybe. Yeah. And so that link to him was was really special. When I told him we were doing it, he says, well, I'll definitely drop in. And about six months later, he came in and uh, came in on a Tuesday night. Uh, we did it once a month every Tuesday. And it was not even that busy. It was in July. Mm-hmm. And he just 
come come came in and sat in the back. And I think Dan went over and asked him if he wanted to go up. And he said, no, I just I just want to sit here and watch. Mm-hmm. And he watched for, for a couple of comics. And then I was hosting, so I was back and forth. And I looked around and he wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, maybe he's split. And then he comes out of the, the bathroom and he walked up to me and he said, man, this is this is the best room in town. Because it had that history too yeah. of, of Lenny Bruce and Mort Saul and mm-hmm. everybody had performed there in the 60s. But it, it was intimate. It was it was downstairs underground. There's something about comedy when it's underground yeah. that makes it a little bit more sort of dangerous and, right. and different. But he said this is the best room in town mm-hmm. because it was 80 seats and, and the audience was, 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 wasn't even away from you. They were right there. Right. And he said, do you mind if I do a couple of minutes? And... Um, he, he only had a small amount of time because his car was in a lot that was going to close oh. at 11. Uh-huh. So he's like, make sure you give me the light, you know, so I don't go over, so I don't get my car impounded. Uh-huh. But he went up and I'd seen Robin perform so many times. And, and Robin always did great, but he, he always did the Robin that you kind of, you know, he'd go up and do the voice and this one and mm. that one and, and everything. He went up and did that, you know, when people talk about when they first saw him in the 70s, how mm-hmm. like that flash of inspiration that he was. Uh-huh. He went up uh, and did this this set that it wasn't material. He riffed on the beats, you know, the mm-hmm. beat poets, North Beach, Christopher Columbus mm-hmm. uh, and and Ital- he did he did started doing material in Italian. Mm-hmm. And it was so was such real material and in true Italian. Mario, the owner, and all the bus boys and 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 um, waiters and guys there who are Italian were pissing themselves, doubled over laughing because it was real Italian mm-hmm. and real jokes. Mm-hmm. And he just had that ability, but he did this stream of consciousness thing. And I went, "That's the most pure Robin I've ever seen." Yeah, because that's what everyone talks about, where he just created this thing mm-hmm. and he wove it together. That was I couldn't even tell you what he said. Yeah, it was, it was it was watching like true mastery mm-hmm. of that sort of improvisational, spontaneous yeah. comedy, and that that was my favorite of all the performances, and mm-hmm. I saw many many uh, up there. Yeah, he was great. I mean, yeah, that's a. Uh my favorite, you know, those the, those flash moments, or he would, or he, you know, do things that he would do, like with Jeremy Kramer on stage, like yeah, the, well, you at know, the zoo. That must have the been zoo. the zoo was like the legendary place in San Francisco, like a yeah. uh, a venue where everybody started. So you must have seen some amazing. Yeah, well, you always come back really like around eleven or twelve after doing like Tommy T's or whatever, <laughs> and then you come back and like um, everybody would be there, um, and everybody would be making fun of Perry Kurtz. Perry Kurtz would be like. <laughs> You know, try like trying to do a set, and then so he's on one side of the stage, and then like Robin and um, Jeremy Kramer on the other side, or like Mike Meehan and Robin. Like there was like always those combinations of like like everybody ganging up on Perry Kurtz. I mean, there's just like funny things, or you know, you come back and um, Robin and um, uh, Rebecca would be sitting at the bar. You know, and you just kind of go in and look, and they would just be there. You just say hi to them. It was like this whole, whole thing. Like, um, I don't know. It was just like a kind of a clubhouse, like a family. Feeling. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, the comics would just come by, and we would just like make fun of each other, and we'd be laughing so hard. Um, and I, I, you know, I really took those days for granted because I thought, well, this is what this is normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah. not. It was like also like, it, you know, all not all of our relationships have changed now. I think that maybe. Um, we're all at a different age where maybe we wouldn't be doing that. I was living across the street, so I was there every day. And yeah. so it just it was it was a meaningful and beautiful time. And, you know, uh the day that he died, it was Monday, um, 
Deb actually posted on, on Facebook she was going to go out to uh, 408 Clement, which is the address of um, the Holy City Zoo. And so I, I, I saw a bunch of people checking in. I saw Jeremy Kramer checking in on the street. Yeah. And it's like so great, you know, that I, I'm glad that they all got to go out there and, you know, in a sense, a kind of a memorial service in, the, in that. I, and I think that there will, will be like a sort of a San Francisco comedy one. I don't know how much or how we'll be able to... Oh, our other calls here. Okay. Um, in any case, uh, we wanted to pay our respects. Um, Robin Williams was a fine man, a great comedian, a great humanitarian. Actually, they, they did help a lot of people with comic relief. People actually are, are sort of glossing over that, but I thought that was a great thing, and they did a lot. Um, uh, Robin and, and Billy and, and Whoopi did a lot, and so... I mean that that's really powerful in that, a way. That he's was our, great. Yeah, yeah. He's our Princess Diana, you know. <laughs> and and also the great. There's a lot of great footage coming out now that nobody even knew about of him going to uh, on the USO tours mm. over to Afghanistan and Iraq and all that's those really places. Nice. So that's that's something that you know people also did. He didn't publicize that. No, stuff. he didn't need to. I mean, he was just he was great. So um, we we are at Margaret Cho at Monsters of Talk. Um, where else are we? We are on YouTube. YouTube.com uh, slash Monsters of Talk. We're all over the, the Where webs. are you? At Jimmy Shelter. And uh, people can listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And, um, you know, uh, if you're having trouble, um, talk to somebody. It, it, it's it's not about, um, you know, obviously the, the, the greatest people and the, the most s- seemingly sane people ha- have trouble. So I think we learned that um, about depression. And so... Uh, Thank you. We'll talk to you next time.